Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful Missoula, Montana. Join me like it does each week as the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Labanowitz. Stone is coming to you from his broadcast center in the sunshine state of Florida. Stone, a lot of good games last week, some stinkers, but we were at the best game that took place in FCS football last week, and it just happened to be between probably two of the best teams, number one and number two in our poll, Number one, South Dakota State 20, Montana State 16. You almost had 20,000 people in the stands, Kev. It was looking like Sardine City there. The crowd was awesome. I thought they willed and carried the Jacks to a victory there. But just to be in that atmosphere, understanding that this was probably the number one and number two teams in the country going at it. Montana State also brought it. Two damn good football teams. It was a great game, Stone, but it wasn't terribly great football, was it? I mean, the Jackrabbits held on uh, over the Cats, having a touchdown overruled, correctly overruled, I think, on the next of the last play of the game. I thought that, just like you, the Jackrabbit crowd had a huge deal with how that game turned out. They're banned down there in that one end zone, and I think Montana State just fault started again inside the Jackrabbit <laughs> 10-yard line. I thought the Jacks were terrible coming out of the gates. Uh, I think from a play-calling perspective, from an execution perspective, the team was just all around bad. I think they understood that. They went and regathered themselves, reset, and, and came out in the third quarter and played really well, but I thought from a football perspective like you talked about, it was terrible. Montana State, you're going to watch him run quarterback power at least 40 times a game every single game this season so there's not much there Tommy Malott limped off the field Sean Chambers had to come in it wasn't like he was completing any passes he he would tuck it and go you're bringing in a guy to max protect if you're gonna let that ball go so not good football per se but two good football teams overall the defenses are really sound and there's a lot of studs walking on that back end it wasn't too exciting but it became exciting in that fourth quarter and we'd be remiss Don, if we didn't thank the Jensen brothers of Brookings hosting us excellent really appreciate Mick and Rick Jensen for doing that, and also Chris Shankle, who's with Northwestern Mutual there in Sioux Falls. Thank you for the hospitality. Jack Rabbit Illustrated, all those guys, wonderful tailgate. Really appreciated the welcome that we got there in Brookings and in South Dakota. Number four, North Dakota State, 44, Maine, 7. Ended up routing them 44-7, to but Maine, that's what you're supposed to do. So they showed up, they put on the jersey, and they beat the hell out of the Black Bears. The Bison owned this one from Jump Street, y'all. NDSU scored the first 37 points, and Maine was never in it. QB Cam Miller was efficient again. That's a couple of those efficient ball games he strung together in a row. 14 of 19 passing for 152 yards, and the Bison ran the ball for 264 yards in the victory. Number five, Idaho 33, Nevada of the FBS 6. We told you so. Yeah, we definitely told you so. It was the first play from scrimmage. 75-yard touchdown pass from Giovanni McCoy to Toronto Ivy. I love this game. I love the Vandals. We knew this was going to happen, and they put it on display for all of the world to see and all the country to see. Now, with that being said, Nevada's not a very good football team. We're all understanding of that. You go four quarters with an FBS team, a team that you were slightly favored over. It's great for the subdivision. Shouts to everybody. We're fans. Giovanni McCoy is a problem out there. He's a nightmare, and he showed Nevada that this team's going to be a problem. Now, number three team in the country. Complete and total domination by 63 scholarship Idaho over 85 scholarship Nevada. You got 85 scholarships and Idaho recruits better than you. Nevada, dumpster fire. But I don't care. That's an 85 scholarship team. They should win. Idaho rolled up 463 yards of total offense and held Nevada to just 266 total yards. The aforementioned Giovanni McCoy, efficient, great, 15 to 21, 313 yards and two touchdowns. That's an important victory for Idaho. 
with a tough Big Sky Conference schedule upcoming. Western Carolina, 30, number 6, Sanford, 7. Told you so. Western Carolina, so they opened up this game with a 14-play drive. It was stopped at the three-yard line. And here's where things get weird, because Sanford and the number one quarterback in the country, Michael Hires, drove right down the field 97 yards and opened this game up 7-0. Well, how did this game end up? 30-7. to So from that point on, from getting stopped and, and watching a top 10 football team and a playoff team, in my opinion, drive all the way down the field and put it in the end zone based off of the arm of the number one quarterback in the country, and then you, you, you go on to get routed 30-7. to This one makes no sense. You watch the tape. It just looked like they got ambushed. But I think that's the Catamount's identity this year is to ambush teams. They do a damn good job of it. There are a lot of good guys roaming around on that defense, 11 hats on a ball. We're fans of this team. They're deserving to be in everybody's top 25 poll. We're excited to see what they got in store for everybody. Everybody. SoCon gonna SoCon, y'all. Western Carolina whipped preseason favorite Sanford. Just whipped him. Catamount QB Cade Gonzalez threw for 262 yards on 29 completions with two touchdowns. And running back Desmond Reed rushed for 172 yards and a score of his own. Catamount defense sacked Michael Hires six times. I believe this is a signal victory for Western Carolina. Boston College of the FBS, 31. Number seven, Holy Cross, 28. Man, this was a tough loss for Holy Cross. Definitely a tough loss, but not one you're expected to win, but I think it was one that they themselves expected to win and knew that they were capable of doing that. This game started as we all thought. Boston College jumped out to a 21-7 lead, and you thought, oh, here we go, right? FBS team beating the FCS team. But, you know, we did have faith in Holy Cross. They were dogs by only a touchdown. But then they cut that lead to three with, like, 12.40 to go in the third quarter. So they happened and lickety split. Matthew Saluka, what he does with his legs is so hard for defensive coaches to prepare and to scheme up for. I think he had 131 yards on the ground and a couple of touchdowns while doing so. 15 passes that took flight for another buck 30. Matthew Saluk is really damn good in, and if they would have beat this Boston College team, everybody would have taken notice and everybody already has taken notice. This Crusaders team is legit. Also, Jordan Fuller added another 109 yards and also found the end zone twice. They had two 100-yard rushers against an ACC defense. Great, great performance by Holy Cross. Just fell a little short against the Boston College Eagles of the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Fighting Stone Labanowitzes of Southern Illinois 14, Northern Illinois 11. Great FBS victory for the Salukis. Now I'm going to have a chance to sit down and chat with Nick Baker in our next segment, so we'll get to all the offense there. But defensively, the Salukis are dominant. They're a damn good football team. There are FBS guys littered all over that defense. I think that's what won them this ball game, and that's what's going to continue to win them ball games because they're put in such good field position at any point during the game. I thought the Salukis were going to win this game going into this game. They were only seven-point dogs. Luke Giegling, one of our very own writers and contributors, ended up picking the dogs as well. This is the same team that head coach Nick Hill beat in, I believe, 2007. So there was history there. He does a good job of getting his guys ready to go. He would always get me ready to go and putting everybody in the right mindset. This is a huge win for the dogs, but at the same time expected. And to say that about an FCS-FBS matchup is pretty dope. It's going to get to where athletic directors for FBS schools in Illinois are just going to tell the AD at Southern Illinois, don't you ever call back here again. Tell the secretary if he does. Just pick it up and hang up. Defense was great. That's a team that you're going to have to line up and push Southern Illinois around to beat them. Going to be difficult to do so, I think. 
Fordham, 40, Buffalo, the FBS, 37. So apparently Buffalo stinks. They're 0-2. I think they're just as good as Nevada is right now. I think that would be a better matchup, Nevada and Buffalo, than Fordham and Buffalo. I'm glad to see Fordham putting up this many points. This is a very good outing for these guys to drop 40 on an FBS school and advance to 2-1. and They were one of the early Week 0 games that we got to see, but the sophomore quarterback, to let him air it out 36 times for 300 yards and five scores against an FBS school is, is, is really cool. And he's a sophomore. He's got the size. I think the guy's got all the tools. Fordham's known now, I guess, for breeding quarterbacks, so that's what I got my eye on. This was a big win for the Rams. It's now time for the new FCS Nation Top 25, and here it is. Number one, South Dakota State. Remaining at number two, Montana State. Rising to number three, the Idaho Vandals. Number four, North Dakota State. Falling to number five, the Furman Paladins. Number six, Holy Cross. Rising to number seven, Weber State. Number eight is Incarnate Word. Number nine, North Carolina Central. And rounding out the top 10, the William and Mary Tribe. Number 11 is SEMO. Number 12, Sacramento State. Number 13 and rising with a bullet, Southern Illinois. Number 14 is New Hampshire, who almost knocked off Central Michigan. Number 15 is North Dakota. And entering the poll at number 16, the Western Carolina Catamounts. Number 17, Samford. 18, the Montana Grizzlies. 19, UC Davis. 20, Mercer. 21, Eastern Kentucky. 22, Youngstown State, 23, Rhode Island, 24, Gardner-Webb, and rounding out the top 25 at number 25, Florida A&M. And here are the FCS Nation Radio National Players of the Week brought to you by Northwestern Mutual. The Offensive Player of the Week is Keelan Johnson, a wide receiver from Tarleton State. All he did was have six catches for 219 yards and four touchdowns. The Defensive Player of the Week is P.J. Jules from Southern Illinois. 12 tackles, two and a half tackles for a loss, and three pass breakups. Congratulations to Keelan Johnson from Tarleton State and P.J. Jules from Southern Illinois for being our FCS Nation Radio Northwestern Mutual National Players of the Week. It's time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, Stone will sit down with Southern Illinois quarterback Nick Baker and the Stone Cold QBs. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And we're back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now, very pleased to welcome back into the program Mr. Michael Barker. He is at CFB Campus Tour on Twitter. It's an anniversary of sorts for Michael. You know that we always like to have him on. Welcome back into FCS Nation, Michael. Tell us what makes it so special right now. So, Kevin, I just hit uh, last weekend North Carolina A&T, and I marked the exact halfway point in my goal to seeing a game at all 128 FCS schools, the 95th. Aggie Eagle Classic in Greensboro was number 64. It was an amazing event and gives us a little bit of momentum to try to knock out the final 64. Michael, you've been to a game at every FBS stadium and now half of all the FCS stadiums. I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you which one you like the most, but there is a little something different about going to an FCS game versus being in a stadium with 95,000 people, isn't there? Absolutely, and and you don't have to put me on the spot. I'll answer automatically. I love FCS football. You get an ROI. It's much bigger. Return on your investment. You go to uh, an SEC game, there's 100,000 people there. You can't maneuver through the stadium. The parking is insane. Either it's 75 bucks to park or you got to park two miles away. When you go to the FCS, you can have 
absolutely amazing environments. You go to Washington Grizzly. Last week, I just went to North Carolina A&T. You go to the vet in Jackson. They're going to have sellout capacity crowds. So you're not skipping out on that. But what you do is you get more direct interaction. You get more bang for your buck. I can't tell you how many fan bases I've connected with through FCS football. I call FCS football the sweet spot of college football. FBS, you get four teams invited to the playoff out of 133. In G5 football, maybe you're seven and five playing for the Weed Whacker Bowl. The FCS, they've had a tried and true playoff bracket since 1978. 13 players on the 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl roster, Cooper Cup. Super Bowl MVP two years ago. So it's not inferior football, it's not inferior atmosphere, and it's more affordable than anything else out there. It's it's the perfect sweet spot for college football. Where are you headed in the next several weeks, Mike? So this Friday or this Saturday, I'm going to hit Dartmouth at New Hampshire, which is the New Hampshire uh, rivalry game. Next Thursday, that's going to be a rematch of the 2021 Spring SWAC Championship, which is Pine Bluff at Alabama A&M. And then Friday, I'm going to be, or Saturday, I'm going to hit a noon game at Stetson in Florida. So we got three on the calendar in the next two weeks. I've already been to Abilene Christian, Rhode Island, and A&T. And then, you know, they have scheduling. You have to wait on kick time. So my goal is to hit one per week throughout the season. Love the home playoff games, chalk up a couple more. And if I had everything the way I want it, we'd finish the year at 80 out of 128, which would put me in striking range to knock out the final goal within two or three more years. I like how you said two or three, because I think people might have the wrong idea, Michael, that you're like a super duper rich man. And, you know, when you're jet setting all over the country, you know, staying in five star hotels, that's not the case. I think one of the few times you sleep in a bed is when you come to Montana and stay with us, isn't it? That's true. I'm a two for two in beds in Stevensville, Montana, probably 0 for 98 everywhere else. But I call it hashtag glamour life. You could go to 15 games per year. You could stay at great hotels, eat at great restaurants, or you can use that same amount of money and you can go to 40 games. You're sleeping in the car. You're sleeping in the airport. You're buying food at the grocery store. And if a game gets out at 1130 and you have a two hour drive to the airport and you have a flight at 6 a.m., there's no point to getting a hotel anyways. But I look at this like it's a test of yourself. What can you do? I, I don't need any special accommodations. I just love football. And, you know, I, there's a game that's being moved on Friday because of the hurricane. Maine is hosting Rhode Island. I would love to go. It's $450 to change my flight. So I don't think I'll be able to do that. So there's decisions that have to be made based on finances. But I'm a regular guy, have a regular job nothing fancy, but I try to grind during the off season, make some money, save, be frugal, and then go out there and, and do it on the cheap as much as I can during the season. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Michael Barker. He's at CFB Campus Tour on Twitter, one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on the show. Michael, when you're talking about the games you're looking at further on down the road, the playoffs mean a whole bunch to you and your quest, don't they? The home playoff games are going to allow you to get this done a little quicker than if you were still chasing that FBS dream. It's 100% true. So what you do is you look at the playoff bracket. You try to anticipate who might get a one through eight seed so you know they're going to host a second-round game. And you might prioritize teams during the regular season that aren't likely to make the playoffs because if you get a team, let's say, like Richmond, if they make the playoffs, you may not want to hit them during the regular season. There's nothing better than a home playoff game. I would go to a home playoff FCS game over – the FBS national championship. So there is strategy involved. 
you just have to watch the bracket go through. Last year, I went to a game at uh, Sacramento State versus Incarnate Word, 66-63, highest scoring game in FCS playoff history. And if Incarnate Word won, then North Dakota State was going to host on a Friday and South Dakota State would host on the Saturday. So I wasn't rooting necessarily for anyone, but because of that, I got to see those back-to-back days, chalk those up. And I always love when an under underrated team makes a run and hosts a playoff because that's a new place I can go to. So home playoff FCS games are vital to my total. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Michael Barker. He's at CFB Campus Tour on Twitter. Michael, tell people how else they can follow you and your quest to see a game at every Division One football stadium. So College Football Campus Tour on Twitter and Instagram, at CFB Campus Tour website, CFB Campus Tour. I'm affiliated with CFB Home on Twitter. Just started working with uh, Home Field Apparel. If you use CFB Campus Tour on your purchase, you get 15% off. Uh, your first t-shirt purchase and then there's a an app called memento where they track games if you sign up through my account you get a discount as well so um you know i love college football there's certain things that come with your following growing and i'm trying to expose people to everything but bottom line is i love college football i love joining your show and i can't wait for some fcs action this weekend excellent we'll talk soon mike thanks for being here thank you for having me kevin Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Kev, it's time for the preview segment. Why don't we jump right in? Drake is at number one, South Dakota State at Target Field. Stone, I don't know who the athletic director is at Drake. I guess you can look at this two ways. Drake ain't afraid to play nobody. (laughs) Or he's got a real just, I mean, likes to see his team just get dragged. Yeah, let's be real. He hates his players. That's what it is. He just wants to see them get beat up each and every week. No, but seriously, though, I I really can't put a finger on it. I don't know why you want to stay in the Dakotas and hang out up there. It's uh, not very fun. But if you're South Dakota State, you want to stay upright here, right? You want to keep everybody healthy. And you want to correct all the mistakes that you put on tape against Montana State. That's the key here. Although they're going to talk about how Drake's a good football team and, and this and that and give you all the coaches talk, right, and answer all the questions, how they're supposed to. What your real goal here is to correct all the mistakes. Make sure that the mistakes you made last week aren't made when you call those same plays. That's really all you're trying to do here, Kev. This is an easy one for the Jacks. Stetson is at number two, Montana State. Ouch. I mean, I... What are, what are we doing here? What's the what's the matchup here from a boxing perspective, Kev? I don't know, but if I was a country singer, I think Drake Stetson would be a really good. I mean, I'm looking at it on our uh, call sheet here, and I'm like, man, Drake Stetson tonight in concert would be great. Yeah, maybe you just don't show up and you just you know form a band like like Kev just said, and just don't try to play football because this one's not going to be pretty. Montana State looking to take out a lot of aggression that they that they've built up in the Jacks and everything you've seen on social media and whatnot. Tommy Malat looks to be in the lineup so so that that's that's a good site for bobcat fans but yeah they'll punish stats in here no problem number three idaho is at the cow bears of the fbs stone i've been following fcs football for a long time i am not aware of anybody winning two fbs games in back-to-back week it just hasn't happened and here's the opportunity i think there's a possibility they're double digit dogs but i'd be surprised i think that line's gonna be a little lower idaho has a real chance here and it's not like cows a good football team or anything but of, of course the rosters the scouts 
scholarships. I mean, it just matches up a little better against this Idaho team, but Giovanni McCoy is not afraid. He is one of them ones, and I think if there's ever a chance that we see FCS go back-to-back against FBS, this might be the one. So go Vandals. We're rooting for your boys, Zach. If you're Cal, I think you start this game trying to be arrogant, I think, and try to see if you can run the football and not have to throw it 40 times. They've averaged 38 pass attempts per game in their first two ball games. the Cal Bears have. I just think you're going to have to try to just push them around. You're the Pac-12 team. They're the Big Sky Conference team. You think you ought to be able to win that way. I'm not sure they can. I think Cal's going to have to do some things in the air to beat Idaho because, look, Cal's defense will be the best, I think, that Idaho has seen. But that's not a particularly great group over there, Stone. I expect Idaho to score points, hang around, get to the fourth quarter, and you never know what can happen. Central Arkansas is at number four, North Dakota State. Central Arkansas is a fringe top 25 team right now. Some people have them in their polls. Some people don't. We don't. And that's just because I think there's 24 teams better than them right now. But if they want to earn their respect, this has been a team that perennially was a playoff team you know, in uh, years past. They want to get back there? The easiest way to do that is to beat NDSU in the Fargo Dome. But, you know, you better pack a lunch if you're going to do that because that's that's man's work there in the Fargo Dome. They can do a few things. They need NDSU to turn the ball over a couple times, I think, and Cam Miller not to play especially well. All those things could happen. We'll see on Saturday in Fargo, North Dakota. Number five, Furman is at Kennesaw State. All right, Furman moved back in some people's polls, and they'll look to right the ship, and Kennesaw State is the perfect team to do that against. And listen, don't get it twisted. Don't let coaches tell you that they don't look at rankings. In a subdivision where coverage is more scarce than it actually should be, they see these things. So Furman, with a bad taste in their mouth, is going to punish, what are they, the Owls going to punish Kennesaw State here? I love this game for Furman. But Kennesaw State's no slouch. They got the guys. They got the system. They're trying to drag you into deep waters, obviously punish you keep that thing on the ground. Time of possession is the name of their game. I like Furman here, though, with the bounce back spot after following the loss of the Gamecocks. Furman's going to do a few things against Kennesaw State. They're going to work on that passing game, and Tyler Huff needs to get a little better at those RPOs. He's been a half a step behind in all the games this season. Need to get that cleaned up. Kennesaw State is playing with more scholarships than the FCS team this year. That's why they're not eligible for playoffs. I don't think it matters. I think Furman is a better football team. And I think that we'll see Kennesaw maybe try to open everything up, empty the playbook, because they're really playing for nothing this entire football season, right? They played Chattanooga last week, Furman this week, and we'll see what Kennesaw has for them. I expect them to do everything they can to try to hurt Furman, which they could if Kennesaw can figure out a way to beat them. Holy Cross, number six, is at Yale. I mean, Holy Cross is going to do some ungodly things to these nerds. I think Matthew Saluka is going to punish them. I love this matchup for Holy Cross. We're talking about a top 10 team in the country. It is your job to act like it. You talked about bringing a lunch pail to work. I think that's exactly what they do in a spot like this. I like Holy Cross and all of them played well. They put a lot of good things on tape last week against BC so I think they do the same exact thing but just turn up the intensity and the volume a little bit more because it's Yale and I think they get out of this one scot-free. Love the Crusaders here. There are some people who were picking Yale in this ball game, and other people are saying that it's going to be extremely close. Look, we were Holy Cross doubters and I've been shown the light and I think they'll handle Yale but it is on the road, and they did just come off a real emotional and FBS loss. So we'll see. I don't think they'll have any problems getting up against Yale, but we'll find out. Number seven, Weber State is at Utah, the FBS. Utah's pretty good, Stone. Yeah, this is a super tough matchup. I think in the trenches they don't really match up. Uh, You know, we want to be Weber State guys in a spot like this, right? We want to root for the boys, but I just don't think I'm able to, uh, to do it. 
in this spot. I, I think Utah rolls here. Weber State, I think if you take a peek behind the curtains, right, you don't want anybody going down. You have a prosperous, a very fruitful season ahead of you. You're supposed to be a playoff team. They're sliding up and up in our rankings. We love the Wildcats, but... Utah's not really the team to do it, but I will say this. I don't know how we gauge, and I can't see a loss to Utah really hurting what we do to them in the poll and, and where they're ranked nationally. So just keep everybody upright, put some good things on tape, try to score some points here, and uh, at least at least make them sweat. Weber State forced six turnovers in their victory over Northern Iowa last week. We didn't cover that in the recap segment because of those FBS teams. We had to cover some teams we don't normally cover, right? But Weber State looked really good, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, they'll need all that defensive fire power against Utah. Number eight, Incarnate Word is at Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian is sneaky good, Stone. If Incarnate Word's going to win this one, Stone, on the road, Zach Calzada is going to be your Stone Cold QB next yep. week. I mean, that's that's the type of ball game he's got to have, I think. ACU leads the nation in sacks. They're going to get after him. We'll see, man. I've been thinking about moving the word down in the poll. But, you know, it's, it's still early, but they haven't shown me what they've showed me last year on offense, which is hard to do, right? Because that was an exceptionally special offensive group Incarnate Word had last year. But they need to do a little bit more. Need to see it. This is the week. Let's see if they can get it done. Number nine, North Carolina Central is at UCLA of the FBS. Yeah, for us, this is the Davies Richards show. I mean, this game is all on him. Obviously, we expect UCLA to come out of this one, Chip Kelly and company. But Davies Richards is able to make this game a little weird. I expect them to empty out the playbook try to take the top off of the defense pretty early on in this game and if this defense can create a few turnovers in this first quarter yeah we could be talking about something because i love what this sideline does we're huge fans of trey oliver on this show and that's about it i i don't see another way this game could be close if ucla has their way in the first quarter it'll get ugly i don't think it will stone i think that the eagles will go there and play their game and they'll get out of this what they want to get out of it which is a good paycheck, and they'll get to showcase who they are on the big stage in Los Angeles. This is a big deal for North Carolina Central, and their team will play up to it. I expect this one to be closer than most people think. Number 10, William & Mary travels to North Charleston, South Carolina, to take on the Charleston Southern Buccaneers. I guess the question of this game is, what are we going to get out of Charleston Southern? We know what William & Mary is, but time and time again, college football fans get sucked into predicting what a team's going to do based off of what they did the week prior, and I don't think that's the case in a spot like this never trust that right don't hide those lying eyes so i think william and mary beats charleston southern handily here and what you're gonna see is a lot of fcs fans picking charleston southern in a spot like this whether it's gambling or just prediction straight up like they're gonna take charleston southern and the points based off of what they did against clemson i don't think that's how this one plays out william and mary's a damn good football team they're so balanced they have so many guys on both sides of the ball i like the tribe in a spot like this one to beat them big charleston southern almost got beat by north greenville in week one North Greenville is pretty good for their level, but Charleston Southern is a Division One school. They should have ran them out of that stadium. And then last week, they hung around with Clemson for a little while before losing, you know, I think it was 66-17, something like that. So, William & Mary should go into North Charleston, probably handle the Buccaneers, but you never know. We'll see. Number 13, Southern Illinois is at number 11, SEMO in the War of the Wheel. Game of the week, Kev. I think this defense of the Salukis is going to give the Red Hawks fits. They got goose egg by Kansas State, and I think SIU's defense is just a tick below the Wildcats, so I expect the same result in this one. I expect this same intensity from the defensive side in this game, Kev. I think just just from a matchup on paper, this is like two Rams just batting heads. You're better at the analogies with the animals than I am, so so I'll give you a turn in a second. But this is really, I, I think, a mini clash of the Titans. This is a really good game. The crowd shows out for this one, and this game means a lot for both of these teams, but not only the teams, the two head coaches, Coach Nick Hill and Coach Took, they feel as if they go 
head-to-head, and they've been on each other's staff before. I believe Coach Nick Hill was on Tuke's staff at one point in time at Southern. So this one means a lot for the community. I think they're only 45 miles apart. I'm going to have my eyes on this one. I think the rest of the country should and will as well. This is a huge game, Kev. couple of things, Stone. First of all, SEMO may be down as many as seven starters. They got beat up at Lindenwood. It was weird. They, you know, they rolled over them, but there were a lot of injuries in the football game, and they are going to be without five starters at least, maybe seven. And number two, this is a big game for both these schools. Like you said, they're close. They recruit a lot of the same guys. Those bragging rights mean something on the recruiting trail. Number 12, Sacramento State is at Stanford of the FBS. This one is interesting. The reason why it's interesting is because Sac State can win this game. Stanford is horrible. They're horrible. And the head coach on the other side is guess who? Troy Taylor, the Sac State coach from last season, took some guys with him to Stanford, including some coaches. So there's some guys on that Sac State sideline that are like, well, why didn't you take me, coach? I could play for Stanford. All we did for you at Sac State is win a whole bunch of games in a row and give you titles. So there's some hurt feelings over there, Stone. And I think this game is going to be close. You may disagree, and you may not like that two-quarterback system, but they're settling now. And I think after this game, that'll shake itself out, and we probably won't see Carson Camp very much the rest of the season. It's going to be a very close game. You heard it from me. Dartmouth is at number 14, New Hampshire. Dartmouth, bring the juice, boys, (laughs) because the Wildcats are coming, and they're going to roll here. It's almost scientific how a team gels together after a loss like that to an FBS school. I think they're bad intentions from here on out. UNH is going to roll. Rosemary's going to roll. This team's really balanced. They're good on both sides of the football, so I expect this one to be an easy result. Go Wildcats. Again, I don't know who it is that keeps pumping up these (laughs) Ivy League teams. Like, I don't know who's interacting with them on social media because you always see the Ivy League football programs are, you know, in the top seven or whatever for uh, interactions. And I'm like, I never see them post anything. Just like I hardly ever see them play any decent football and I sure as hell don't see any decent football or any football at all when the Real boys from FCS play playoff football. Hard to have any respect for that league, and quite frankly, I don't. I don't think New Hampshire should. I believe they'll roll over Dartmouth. Or at least, man, after that ran, I sure as heck hope they do. Number 15, (laughs) North Dakota, is that Boise State of the FBS? Let's do this again. We sound salty in this preview segment, Kev, but we're just being transparent. I I don't like what UND does offensively. It's juvenile. It's elementary. It's very gadget-oriented. They know they don't have the guys. So in order to be effective and contend and be a playoff team, you got to do things differently. And I respect them for that. But you're traveling to a Boise State, and I think Boise State coaches are laughing watching film. I think Boise State fans are going to be laughing watching film. UND does nothing that can contend with an FBS school. It just doesn't match up. Not on paper, not on the field. They don't have the guys. They don't have the scheme unless they want to, you know, see some hook and ladders and some of the end arounds and reverses and some of the double passes, which they do have in their bag. I think it's what they do best, but they don't pull any of that off. They're going to get blown out here by Boise State. Not a fan of what UND does on offense. Although Tommy Schuster, quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over. Not a fan of these guys that much. And you're the one who has them that high in the poll. I want them back a little bit, but hey, we'll see what the result is and we see what these guys can do. Typically at the end of the season, they're a playoff team so you got to give them that. Boise State is not good either. They're like Stanford. They're not. They're not. Neither of them are any good. So if you're North Dakota, go in there, give it your best shot. We'll see what happens. I wouldn't be absolutely flabbergasted if this was a seven-point game in the fourth quarter. And if you're North Dakota, that's all you can ask for. Go there, have a shot to win it at the end. Number 16, Western Carolina is at number 21, Eastern Kentucky. Great matchup here. Yeah, this is a banger. Uh, and, I, and I'm just telling you right now, I'm picking EKU in the pick segment. 
I think Western Carolina, that fan base, man, they're loud. They're loud, and they're feeling this squad. And the Catamounts team flies around, but I think they're sitting right in the blind spot. Mr. Parker McKinney, as you call him, they're sitting right in the blind spot. He's ready to explode. I love the Colonels in this spot, baby. You know, Stone, I was inclined to agree with you until you mocked me right there. And now I just hope Western Carolina just absolutely stomps them, which they might. Look, good passing game, good running game, and the defense showed up last week. Six sacks against Sanford, who's a similar team to Eastern Kentucky and what they want to do offensively, right? A lot of screens, a lot of short passes, and then hit you down the field. And with the short passes, don't give up the yak yards, and Western Carolina will be close in this one. We'll see. I'm high on the Catamounts. I was high on the Catamounts in the preseason poll, ranked at number 25, then had to drop them after the FBS game, and they rewarded my optimism in them with a huge win last week. Let's see if they can do it two weeks in a row. It's time for us to take a quick break right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Every day, more than 1,000 children worldwide are diagnosed with cancer. Northwestern Mutual is devoted to supporting the research that gives families and the survivors of cancer a better quality of life. They're looking to accelerate the search for better treatments and cures for childhood cancer while also supporting families undergoing treatment and survivors struggling with lasting effects. Since 2012, Northwestern Mutual has donated more than $50 million to the cause, which includes more than $30 million towards funding more than 600,000 hours of research through the company's partnership with Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation. The mission of Alex's Lemonade Stand Foundation is to change the lives of children through funding impactful research, raising awareness, supporting families undergoing treatment, and empowering everyone to help find a cure for childhood cancer. Baker drops back to the 40. He's looking deep for Hardtrup. He's got him, and he connects with him for the touchdown. What a throw by Baker, and it's Hardtrup in the end zone for six. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network, folks. It's just about that time. It's the Stone Cold Quarterback segment where I go around the country looking for the best quarterbacks in the subdivision. This one's not hard to find. I landed in Southern Illinois with a signal caller of the Salukis, Nick Baker. Nick, thanks for giving the show some time this week. Of course, man. Of course, man. Anything for you. Big one last weekend. In my opinion, I think an even bigger one next weekend, but let's talk about NIU. I know Coach Hill has preached to you guys, hey, on to the next, right? Bring your lunch back to work this week. That is in the past, but seriously, when the clock struck quadruple zeros what went through the mind what was the excitement level like oh man it was awesome especially like we didn't have a clean game on offense on any facet just having our defense step up like that and going two and oh so far through the season in the out of conference and man you know how it is getting an fbs win is just cool regardless starting to know the season going the way it is and our defense playing the way it is i mean it feels super good it's awesome how you've mentioned the defense twice already that's where i was going next holding an fbs opponent to 11 points and they only got to 11 because of two point conversion yeah Seriously, let's talk about some of the guys on the back end. They fly around the ball. I talked earlier in the show about how you guys are littered with FBS talent and how good of a job Coach Nick Hill does in bringing these kids in. Guys like DJ Johnson, Mark Davis Jr., PJ Jules, our FCS Nation National Defensive Player of the Week. What do they mean to this team and what do they mean to an offense? We go against them every day at practice and just the type of energy they bring and the type of like, you look at those guys. Mark and DJ are playing the best ball they've played since they've been at SIU. And I've been around them for a couple of years and they're just, they're playing at a different level. And you know PJ. The kid's just a beast, man. He If he gets hands on anybody, it's over, man. He's a hard guy to block. And just seeing those guys on defense, it makes me a lot, like, lifted off my shoulders that, like, man, they just play ball out there, and they make it a lot easier. And that defensive coordinator, Antonio James, is just bathing 
in everything right now, jolted into the position, but boy, he's done yeah. a good job. And that defense, everybody's talking about it around the country. I think that's the one thing that has gotten you guys to 2-0. and And of course, offensively, you and the rest of the squad just do the damn thing. Everybody knows what you guys bring to the yeah. table. But heading into this week, following an <clears throat> FBS win mentally, what's that mindset? What has coach said to you guys as far as, hey, this one's in the past. we got to throw this one in the garbage and we're on to the next. What's that mentality and that message been from Coach Hill and the rest of the staff? Yeah, it's just like you said. I mean, we can enjoy this one, but we got a huge one coming up. You know, there's games like you've played in college, you've played here. There's some games that just feel a little bit different, and this one's one of them. I mean, just coming into practice, watching the film, we've seen their film a million times just throughout the years I've been here, and it's just a familiar opponent, and it's just, it feels different walking on the field about to play them. I was going to talk about the yeah. different feeling that this one provides. Going into Cape Girardeau, not an easy place to play. Smaller stadium, so it seems like when the students fill up and the crowd gets there, it seems like there's 50,000 when there's not, but it feels like that. What makes this one different? Man, it's just another game, and we got to be so dialed in. We got a bye week next week, and going 3 0, that's forward thinking, but going 3 0 into the bye week, three out of conference games, we win all of them. That's huge for playoff seeding. And one, a goal of ours before the season was we want to get a home playoff game. We want to, we want a chance to play a playoff game in that stadium. And this game is a super important game for that. And I don't know what makes it different, really. They're really close, 45 minutes away. And it's just, I don't know what it is. I, you were here, and it, it, there's really no anything to say about it. It's just, man, you don't really like them that much and I know they they feel the same way the games are intense they talk a lot we talk a lot I mean it's just there's just a different type of feeling playing them and seeing them on the schedule seeing them on film I don't know how to how to say it that's it the fact that you don't know how to describe it kind of tells us yeah. everything and I think the most intriguing thing to me is the 13 and 11 matchup you guys take down northern Illinois it's a big FBS win and now you're jolting into people's top 25s some people even have you guys in the top 10 we have you guys sitting at 13 but that was strategic on myself and Kevin's part because <laughs> Most since at 11. So if you guys get this one done, you you jump up basically to a top 10 team in the country yeah. and you guys are playing ball like it. Now, I know you can't really speak on that. That's not your job. Coach always tells you to stay away from that kind of stuff. But have you felt the buzz? Do you guys feel like you're a contender in this damn thing? I mean, we felt that in camp in last spring. And obviously, we can talk about last year. We were one possession games. We never finished the job. Just the feeling we have around this group of guys and the people practice every day. You feel the buzz before other people feel the buzz. Like We felt it uh, before, and we just want to keep building. It's a game of the week, not only for us here at FCS Nation, but every other media entity that covers the subdivision has pegged this one the game of the week week don't want to put any added pressure on you guys but espn plus you can catch this one everybody's gonna have eyes on it means a lot for a playoff bid even though they're out of conference you'll have an fbs win week three game win if you guys can get this thing done in three and oh that running back committee what is it like when you're able to have fresh legs sitting on your right or sitting on your left every single drive out on the field it's different yeah it totally is and uh we got plenty of guys that can just that can take over a game and that we can give 20 30 carries to and they they want to be those guys but man we got three four good guys that can really do that and can catch ball out of the backfield so we spread the love and they're fine with that and it's good to have people fresh legs out there and they just make it happen man football no matter the level is led and predicated by a quarterback and you've been in the system obviously forever we can talk about the records you've broken already and the records you're going to break but it all starts with not only you but that offensive coaching staff let's talk about that quarterback coach and co-offensive coordinator Blake Rowland and what your relationship has been yeah. like throughout the years and I think if I'm SEMO that's the scariest thing when I'm scheming you guys up you have to wonder okay these guys are tied to the hit they know exactly what each other wants to do and when they want to try to execute it. So talk a little bit about that relationship and why you guys are lethal now. Yeah, I mean, me, Coach Rowan, and Coach Hill are all really close and we all see the game in a similar similar way, especially me playing quarterback here for the last couple of years. They see how I see it and they can see what I like, what I don't like. And there's just a real easy verbal communication through it. And we talk through a lot of stuff and we talk through the game plan and what I like, what I don't like, what they
they like? What do they see? Man, it just it makes you play a lot faster and you can see stuff during the game and we're on the same page all the time. It's pretty obvious. You talked about playing faster, the tempo and the communication that doesn't even exist because you guys don't have to utilize it. Yeah. You guys, uh-huh. I think that that's really cool. And you kind of just touched on that. When you watch this offense and this defense and this team as a whole, the special teams, the energy, you guys are flying around the field, the confidence level heading into Saturday. And this is the tricky question, right? When you're talking to the media or doing an interview with anybody, nonetheless, a guy who used to be your roommate, but be transparent yeah. here, that confidence level heading into game day one through 10, what would you give it? One through 10. It's always a 10, especially with this group of guys. I mean, we're confident as can be, and we're going to let it take care of itself, but we're super confident. That's all I got to say. We're super confident. I love to hear it. Kept it close to the vest. Nick, the main goal this season, you guys now, like I mentioned, are jumped into everybody's top 25 polls. You're a serious contender a big FBS win. You have a chance to steal a rivalry game on the road. You guys will be seriously contenders, top 10 team in the country and have everybody on notice because they'll be paying attention. But that main goal, is it a conference championship? Is it to win the Valley or is it to win the entire thing? Yeah, our main goal, we, we said, obviously we want to win a national championship, but to do that, we want to win the conference. And if you win a conference like ours, you're really set up at one of the top seeds and you get at home playoff games. And that's really what, that was our main goal. We want to get a home playoff game, play here. We don't got to go anywhere. We can really set up to, to go win the damn thing. Chatting with Nick Baker, quarterback of Southern Illinois, the Stone Cold quarterback segment, the second segment on every single show, every single week that we provide you guys. Nick, you're a senior. This is your last go round. Do you care about the records, the stats, or no? Just ultimately hoisting the trophy when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, the records, I'll remember those when I'm older, but man, they won't mean nothing if we don't hold up the trophy and play good as a team. That's what you really remember, and I'm sure you can vouch for that playing on a team and the feeling you get when you guys are winning and playing well. There's nothing like that. Crispy clean from Nick Baker. Hey, Nick, good luck. Now you're a friend of the show. Been on back-to-back years, and we're going to continue to bring you on this season as this team opens a lot of people's eyes and, and makes them take you guys seriously. So good luck this Saturday. We'll be rooting for you, as will FCS Nation. Go get it done. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Stone. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Now time for my favorite time of the week. This is the pick segment where Stone Lebanowitz and I take a trip around FCS Nation and pick the biggest games taking place this week. Number one, South Dakota State versus Drake from Target Field. Kev, I have a PSA for everybody out there. I know we have a lot of listeners, a lot of followers, a lot of people love to engage with us, but I want to put this out there. When it comes to the pick segment with FCS Nation, people should treat this like solid gold. FCS, those gambling lines don't come out, and we're pretty spot on each and every week. When we go through this list when these games are over with, every single game, we're pretty damn good at what we do. So take our word for solid gold, compare it to Vegas when these sportsbook posts their lines, you're going to make a lot of money. We've made a lot of money. we made people a lot of money. This is our bread and butter, so take us for the sports books we know a little more than vegas and spots like this so i love our pick segments each and every week it is solid gold keb but as far as game number one and sdsu and drake they're gonna blow them out of the water here 55 7 give me the jacks jackrabbits buy as many as they want i hate the drake here jackrabbits win 52 10 stetson is at number two montana state all right i'm going bobcats 55 7 over stetson i'm gonna get one of the two right here kind of a 50 50 chance here long trip from deland florida to bozeman montana knowing you're gonna get absolutely annihilated for the stetson hatters look for the bobcats to rest banged up tommy malott and get him ready for a big game against weaver state next week cats win 42 3 number three idaho is at california of the fbs all right 
righty, here we go. What an opportunity for Jason Eck and the Vandals here. Let's pick them, Kev. My upset special of the week. I, I think they're going to be underdogs in a spot like this. They were favored against Nevada last week. Cal's a tad better than them, but I like Idaho. 38-35. This one's going to be a sweater. Giovanni McCoy's going to win this one on the last drive. Game-winning field goal. Calling it right now. I don't think so, Stone. I think that going back-to-back, -back, even though Nevada's not good, it's a difficult thing to win back-to-back -back games against 85 scholarship teams. Idaho is going to hang around for a long time in this one, but I think in the last seven, eight minutes of this ball game, that big Cal Bears offensive line is just going to lean on the Vandals a little bit. Take Cal over number three, Idaho, 35 to 31. Central Arkansas is at number four, North Dakota State. People can talk about Central Arkansas all they want. I think they're going to play this one pretty close, but I like the Bison to finish this one out 27-21. Toughest opponent so far for the Bison. The Bears can give them some trouble for a while here, but NDSU is too good in that dome. Take NDSU at home over Central Arkansas. Bison win 38-17. Number five, Furman is at Kennesaw State. Furman's going to win this one by a lot. Not much to be said about this matchup here. I like them 42-17 to over Kennesaw. Kennesaw State's transitioning to the FBS dumpster fire known as Conference USA. Chattanooga beat Kennesaw last week and Furman will this week. That bunch of owls said for years that they wanted in the SOCON. That was the end goal. We won in the SOCON? Well, I'll tell you what. They didn't then and they still don't. Furman wins 35-17. Number six, Holy Cross is at Yale. All right, Crusaders, pack your lunch. Going to work here. I like you over Yale. I like you over the dogs. 40 to 21. Many are predicting a close game and even a victory for Yale. I'm not one of them. Too much Matthew Saluka and Jordan Fuller for Yale to handle. Take Holy Cross on the road over Yale. 31-23. Number seven, Weber State is at Utah, the FBS. As far as us here in the subdivision, we're crossing our fingers for Weber State, but I think this one gets ugly pretty late into the game. Maybe pretty early. Who knows? 42-17, the Utes get this one done. Utah is a fringe top 10 FBS team, and I think the goal here for Weber State, go in there, play your game, don't get beat up too bad, and make sure they spell your name right on the check. Utah wins 42-13. Number eight, Incarnate Word is at Abilene Christian. Zach Calzada, the Stone Cold quarterback segment, is calling your name. All you got to do is get this dub. I got the word here, 30-28 to in a sweater. Is the word for real? Well, the offense is certainly down from last season, like a lot. Cardinals will need to pick it up because ACU is pretty good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I believe they will. The word this week is victory. Incarnate Word over ACU in Abilene, 31-24. Number nine, North Carolina Central is at UCLA of the FBS. I want to see North Carolina Central put up at least 20 in this spot, but Chip Kelly and the boys are going to roll. I think that is uh, a given. 48-20 on top of Trey Oliver and the Eagles here. UCLA is a top 25 team. They're currently sitting at number 24 in the football bowl subdivision. And everybody knows that Stone and I are both high on North Carolina Central and their fine QB, but the Bruins may be back. This may be the best season they've had in a while. Take UCLA here at home over North Carolina Central, 45 to 20. Number 10, William & Mary is at Charleston Southern. Hopefully the Tribe keep this one clean. I want them to. I do think they do. I like them 35-21 over Charleston Southern. The Tribe head to North Charleston, South Carolina for this one, and it will be a good trip for them. William & Mary has way too much for the Buccaneers. Take William & Mary on the road in North Charleston over CSU, 38-13. Number 13, Southern Illinois is at number 11, SEMO in the Wall of the Wheel. Drum roll, please. Let me get a drum roll, Kev. Give me the dogs. 35-31. This game's going to be fun. Going to have a lot of offense. Going to have some turnovers. Going to have some funky ball. That's what happens when these two teams match up. Got the dogs squeezing out of this one by four. 35-31. Our FCS Nation game of the week here. The Salukis have played well on defense so far, and I expect that to continue. The rivalry games are funny, y'all. 
And Cape Girardeau is a tough place to get out there with a win. This is our FCS National Game of the Week. The Slukies have played really well on the defense so far, and I expect that to continue. But rivalry games are funny, y'all, and Cape Girardeau is a tough place to get out of with a victory. But I think that's just what the Salukis do. Take Southern Illinois on the road over SEMO, 27-21. Number 12, Sacramento State is at Stanford of the FBS. Stanford is not a good football team. We both said it. I think the country knows that, but they're still going to beat Sac State in this spot, I think, by two or three scores as well. So I'm going 42-20. to 20 over Sac State, and Sac State's a good football team. I just don't think this one ends in their favor here. I do. This game's full of backstories. Former Hornets head coach Troy Taylor's on the other sideline at Stanford, and he hosts his former squad. Stanford is not good, and Sac State is, so I'm picking the Hornets. Upset special of the week. Take number 12, Sacramento State over FBS Stanford, 31-30. Dartmouth is at number 14, New Hampshire. Give me the Wildcats a lot to a little. That's all I got. It's no secret what I think of the Ivy League, and I think that Wildcat QB Max Brosman will have a Another day to remember, and this one will not be close. Take UNH at home over Dartmouth. Wildcats win 33-20. Number 16, Western Carolina is at number 21, Eastern Kentucky. I like EKU here, Kev. I said I was picking them. I'm sticking to my word. I think it's a pretty good ball game in the fourth quarter. Parker McKinnon, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the entire subdivision, is going to end up pulling this one out with a late touchdown pass. Give me EKU 35-28 over the Catamounts. Eastern Kentucky's played two FBS games, and they competed well against Kentucky of the SEC last week, but those games back-to-back will take a toll on them. Let us see if Western Carolina can stand prosperity. That's the next step to becoming a good football team. You won a huge game last week. Well, guess what? That was last week. Nobody cares. Go win another one. I think they can. Take the Catamounts on the road over Eastern Kentucky, 31-28. to That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is co-hosted and produced by Mr. Stone Labanowitz. I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. I'd like to invite you all right back here next week for another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you, life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.